baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. You were young and your heart was an open book. You used to say, live and let live. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome in. Mark Cox here along with my co-host, Bo Matthews, and producer Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. Having a, a lot to talk about this weekend on on uh, both of these issues. We got a great show for you uh, coming up. Uh, we're going to get into the de- whole debate over um, whether or not there should be a special prosecutor in the city to help Kim Gardner do her job. Of course, her job may already be on the line now because of the attorney general, uh, and whether or not there need to be more gun restrictions to make sure teenagers aren't walking down the street and then only getting a slap on the wrist if they get caught with a gun. What do you think, Bo? I, I truly believe that if we had more law enforcement, more qualified, you know, specially trained law enforcement on the streets, the just the, you know, don't you feel safe when you go to an event and there's a lot of law enforcement around? You just feel safer that way, right? And am, am I? Am, you're smiling, but am I? Am I saying something wrong here? No. Because I, I and, and we need a a, a a circuit attorney that will support law enforcement especially when it comes to situations like we saw on the streets of St. Louis this week. It's just common sense. I heard Tom Cotton had a, there was a Senate hearing this week. They had Mayor Garland up there. Tom Cotton was making the very valid point that the death rate per 100,000 people is lower in third world countries like Honduras and Guatemala than it is in St. Louis and New Orleans. Uh, You know, for a lot of years, uh, it was safer to be in Afghanistan than it was to be in in uh, you know major cities in America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- this is the I saw the video that everybody's talking about, and I'll tell you what the video was horrifying. Uh, the, you know the guy that shot the video, um, you could hear the horror in his voice as well. Um, what what would you do, Mark? What would you do? Uh, I, I, let me let me go back. Let me just tell you before we talk about this situation. I was working at uh, the building uh, Kitty Corner from where uh, the uh, the ninety seven one studios are many years ago, and I come out of the parking garage, and there was a guy that had a girl up against the wall of the Jefferson Arms Apartments. Remember that? I do. Um, and I drove my truck over the concrete median and put my front wheels on the front of, or on the sidewalk and up against, you know, towards this guy, and he ran off, but he was beating the crap out of her. So I'll ask you, what would you do in this situation that happened on the streets of St. Louis this week? So, so as uh, someone who has tried to imagine this scenario many times. If you go to the range or you go wherever you go, you get your concealed carry license and you make the decision to carry, here's what they'll tell you. You you have to think through these scenarios. Now, the guy that recorded the video was not a concealed carry holder. He didn't have a gun with him. Uh, it would have been it would have been suicide for him to run out and try to confront this guy with a loaded weapon who'd already shot the guy once who was sitting on the sidewalk. But had you been in that building and you saw what he was trying to do, and you had your concealed carry license, the debate then is, do you engage? 
and you you know one of two things could happen. You're dealing with a crazy person who takes a shot at you, and you have to hope that you're the better shot, or you're able to go out and defuse the situation. Drop it. I'm a concealed carry holder. I need you to drop the gun. For all we know, the guy drops the gun and takes off running. You're, right. you're putting your life on the line. Uh, you are allowed to do that if somebody's life is at risk. That was the situation here. So that's the debate that would have to go through your head. I don't think it it could it, it would be a very spur of the moment decision, don't you think? Sure, absolutely, and and that's why training is so important because at least you have the mechanics down, you have the muscle memory down. But then there's that moral issue. Yes, and I, I, I as I was watching the video and I watched it a few times, uh, the guy was uh, messing with the gun so much. I don't know if he had a jam or if he was reloading or what the issue was. Dude, if you had a firearm, if I had a firearm and that that was going on, he's having a problem. Yes. And you have an opportunity to take care, at least do something because nine one one, you know, can't get the cops there quick enough. Yeah, that would that would have been the opportunity, and and I think I would have engaged. I'm 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 not in the situation, but having watched it a couple of times, I think if you would have had a duty as a concealed carry holder to engage, you could have saved a life. Now, you might have ended up taking one of the of the bad guy in this case who's been charged with uh, murder for assassinating somebody on the streets of St. Louis. But if you watch that, it's surreal. There are cars driving by, uh, you yeah. know, people out and about, and he's calmly trying to repair, fix whatever the jam was on that gun, and then he just turns and and shoots this man in, in cold blood. It was yeah. Startling. I had a I had a conversation uh, when we were talking about the Indiana mall shooting. The 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 guy come out of the bathroom. Remember that story? And the young twenty one year old guy. Uh, was able to take him out at a huge distance yes. uh, because he had that training and he obviously had the wherewithal to figure out, okay, I need to do something. Otherwise, it's going to be really bad. Um, I, I talked to Sheriff Marshak, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I believe he said only about 20% of people will go towards the fire. They, you know, most people will retreat or turn away. I'll tell you what, I commend the guy that videotaped it. And some people say, oh, that's terrible. He just videotaped it. He's, a, you know, just uh, exploiting this. No, he was getting evidence is what he was getting. And that's that's what I think about him. He had already called 911. He was waiting on a police response. And didn't have he, a weapon. He didn't have a weapon. Uh, I don't blame him in any way, shape, or form. Uh, he was nope, horrified with what he was watching. But he couldn't have run out there. He, he just couldn't. And the, here's the other sad part. In the city of St. Louis, they're so low-staffed right now, there were probably weren't more than seven or eight police officers on patrol in the entire downtown area. So the odds what? of one of them getting there in time to stop that were slim. I mean, that's part of the defunding of the police in St. Louis. And it's a, it's a problem. There's no way you can talk about this in police response time and not mention the fact that if you had more officers on the street, to your point a minute ago, uh, you you've got a better chance of policing situations like this just saying. absolutely train 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 people train thanks to mantis x for donating to the big dogs poker bash we've got a big show for you on second amendment radio and the great outdoors we're going to go outdoors if you're a, a yellowstone fan oh you want to be part of this <laughs> this conversation uh get your cowboy hat out and your boots out because we're going to put you to work possibly or just play cornhole <laughs> all right this is second amendment radio on the great outdoors stay right there 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. She comes down from Yellow Mountain. Yeah, that's good stuff. Ooh, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. We're going to go outdoors on this segment uh, with an organization that I just learned about. Now, I got to tell you, I've driven by the uh, equine assisted therapy uh, location a gazillion times. Never knew it was there. And then when I learned the, the name of it, Mark, I didn't even know what it did. I thought equine assisted uh, uh, therapy was therapy for like old horses like you and me. <laughs> But, hey, speak for yourself, <laughs> Matthews. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. But when I found out what a wonderful place this is, uh, I, I just I just fell in love with it. Uh, Lulu Bogolin is the uh, uh, executive director, I'm going to call her. Maybe her title's different, but she's a wonderful lady, <laughs> has a wonderful passion, and equine-assisted therapy actually has therapy sessions with clients or patients, I guess you'd call them, and they do wonderful things. So we want to welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, Lulu Bogolin, how are you, ma'am? Good morning, Bo. I'm well. How are you today? Fantastic. Now, we are going to talk about your fundraiser that's coming up on March 12th, so about a week out. But uh, I just, uh, and, and I guess Mark is uh, familiar with your uh, your organization as well. Um, how are things going out there as the weather is changing? Are you getting more volunteers? Do you need more volunteers? How can we help? Yeah. Well, good morning, Mark. Um, I don't think I've had the pleasure to meet you in person, but good to uh, talk with you on the phone. Um, the weather is, I, I think the groundhog was wrong. Um, the horses are shedding. And so that means spring is well on its way. And um, yes, as the weather warms up, we are always looking for more volunteers. And it's a great way to come out and um not only help others, but get your steps in. And I think most of our volunteers feel really good about um, just being here and being a part of, of all the awesomeness that happens out here at the barn. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think maybe for people like Bo, who, who weren't as familiar with it, we have uh, some good friends who who have a daughter with some special needs. And I know that equine uh, therapy has been something she has enjoyed quite a bit over the years. Uh, t- tell people what that uh, offer, what that offers, uh, the opportunities for for people to get therapy uh, through horses. Yeah. So so equine therapy is the use of a horse. Um, along with a specially trained and certified uh, equine uh, therapy instructor. And uh, basically, I think what really makes this click, if I could put it in a nutshell, is that horses are prey animals, and people don't realize that because of their size. And so when you take a prey animal who is living in survival mode or what we call fight or flight mode, that's all they know, Um, And you pair them with somebody who has a special need or a special challenge that they're trying to work through. It could be physical or mental. 
it's almost like they too are living in fight or flight mode most of the time. And so when you take these two prey souls, I'll call it, and you connect them, it's there's an understanding that happens between these two, and it's almost as if they help each other persevere. So it's it's like they recognize that they're each in that fight or flight mode, and, and how can we get through this together? It's it's absolutely magical. Um, it is good for so many uh, disabilities, both mental and physical, psychological. Um, just sitting on a horse engages every abdomen muscle that you have, and then as that horse starts to move, we're working those muscles. So it's great for core strength. It's great for balance, flexibility. It can help. Um, it can help release some of those tight muscle muscles or spastic muscles, and then it can also help us gain muscle uh, muscle strength as well. Um, it's great for fine motor, gross motor coordination, high hand eye coordination, um, and then some of the physical um, or I'm sorry, some of the mental uh, benefits are are the fact that um, horses just help calm us. Um, it's, it's part of their nature. Um, it helps our serotonin levels. So there's so many benefits of, of just being with the horses and then also riding the horses. Lulu Bogolin is our guest from Equine Assisted Therapy. And, you know, you guys, uh, you guys help a lot of people from uh, all age ranges. You have a group called Silver Saddles, and that's for 55 years and older. Uh, the veterans program is fantastic. Of course, the young kids that get out there uh, to do it when they're, you know, so young and they don't know any different to, to be able to experience it. That, that is fantastic. I've seen it firsthand, Mark. Um, Lulu, um, I want to talk about the horses specifically because they're uh, a certain temperament. And I want you to also mention the fire department that donated and found one of the, the horses that you introduced me to. You remember that? I do, yeah. So so we look for horses that have a really nice um, low-energy mannerism about them. Um, you won't find a whole lot of, and not that there's anything wrong with thoroughbreds, but uh, we don't have a lot of hot-tempered horses here. <laughs> um, we, we really look for just, just mild-mannered um, drafts lazy horses sort of <laughs> florian is one of those um florian so radio is, talk show host um, would be perfect for that <laughs> i'm sorry i said radio talk yeah. show host would be perfect temperament for that <laughs> right me too um but at any rate florian <laughs> is one of our draft horses um florian is a breed that's called a gypsy banner and um, they work really nice for therapy because they do typically have um, a little bit of a calmer, gentler demeanor about them. But they're also real stocky and drafty um, as far as their build goes. But they typically are not super tall horses like a Clydesdale or a Percheron. So um, it's kind of nice when we're putting a rider on them for our sidewalkers who are walking next to our riders that are placed on the horse. Um that their arms, you know, aren't aren't way above their uh, their shoulders or their heads for a long period of time. So, so and you're getting support from all over. Yeah, you're getting support from all yes. over, like the fire department. What was the horse's name again? Yeah. So Florian, Florian, Saint oh, that, that, that Florian, Florian was donated. Okay. Um, yeah, by some local firefighters who came together and uh, raised did a fundraiser for us to be able to purchase Florian. And because of that, they asked if they could name him, and we said, of course. And so they named him St. Florian because that is the patron saint of firefighters. Oh, 
That is fantastic. You know, we're kind of wondering while we've got you on here. You got any room in that Silver Saddles program for Bo? Because he's really been thinking hey, about hey. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you, Bo. I did. I did get my like, first IHOP 55 and older <laughs> breakfast menu item. That's my that's my claim to fame. <laughs> wow. What about? Can you just touch on the veterans program for a minute? Because you know, I do a lot of work with with veterans groups for my radio show, and I know that there are a lot of different ways out there to help people who maybe suffer from PTSD or have lingering uh, issues that they're dealing with. T- tell us about your vets program. Yeah, so it's our Veterans and First Responders program. And um, basically what we do uh, for them is we do have a licensed professional counselor on our on our team here. Um, but really what we like to do for the vets and the first responders is just create a space for them, create a space where they can come out and learn about who we are and what we do. And for some of them, um, it may be a, a true therapeutic uh, benefit for them to work with our counselor and to work with the horses. Um, some of them have really found comfort and, and help in just helping the other uh, clients that we serve. So being a volunteer um, has been really rewarding for them. So we have a lot of different facets that we can work with veterans and first responders. Um, it's, it's really whatever, whatever fits their schedule and and their need we can uh we can work with them it can be a one-time it can be a weekly it can be a monthly i I love it i love it and also shoveling the stalls you get the nab workout there too so that's good (laughs) check out check check out (laughs) eatherapy.org for more information about the volunteer but you can also get information about their cornhole tournament coming up which is awesome because it's going to be held within the uh the arena which is you know indoors mostly uh, and it's so it's going to be a rain or shine event. Tell us about uh, how this event's uh, going to come together and if people can still get in and what the money's for. Yeah, we are so excited about this. This is our first and hopefully annual cornhole tournament. We wanted to do something a little bit different. And we have an incredible um, indoor 10,000 square foot arena here in Wildwood. And so, yes, it will be rain or shine. It's March 12th. Um, there are still some spots available. Um, this is not a professional by any means, so anybody can come out and have fun with this. Um, it is going to, all the proceeds from this are going to go to our mental health um, program. Uh, we have seen this program literally double in size since the pandemic. There's such a need for this right now, and so many of these folks who um, are asking for therapy, either their insurance doesn't cover it, many of them don't have insurance right now, um, but we find, you know, they're reaching out for help and we need to be here for them. So every dollar raised from this Cornhole tournament is going to our mental fund program, our mental health program to help not only fund the program, but also um, our scholarship program that we have for it as well. So we don't turn anybody away for financial reasons. And so this is going to help us with uh, the mental health side of what we do here at Equine Assisted Therapy. Yeah, great, great work. Lulu Bogolin, thank you so much. Good luck with that cornhole tournament again Sunday, March 12th, uh, down there off Highway 109 in Wildwood. You can go to eatherapy.org uh, to find out more, and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. We will. Thank you, Lulu. And- 
you know with the, uh, the 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 fame of Yellowstone and 1883 and 1923 people bought cowboy hats and boots <laughs> put them to work out at equine assisted therapy get them out there and get them muddy get out there and get an ab workout shovel those uh, those stalls out that's if uh, you that's want. It. it's needed it's, it's a lot of work i'm telling you it is all right coming up uh, there was a lot of talk this week about crime in St. Louis some of it if, might affect law-abiding gun owners. In fact, we're going to let you in on that debate coming up on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Riding It's Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Thanks again to Lulu Bogolin for uh, joining us with uh, Equine Assisted Therapy. Wonderful organization. Uh, this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. They are in the pair and they are not just a gun store because the knowledge base you're going to get is so fantastic. If you're looking for an AR, uh, a, a shotgun for home defense, uh, or you want to get in the shooting sports, go talk to them at Razorback Armory. Find their address and learn about uh, them at RazorbackArmory.com. You know, this past week, uh, there's been some legislation making its way through Jeff City that impacts gun owners in Missouri, uh, primarily. And it, uh, one one part of it would answer a call by some legislators, some uh, older people in the city, who and some police officers, for that matter, who believe that the concealed carry laws in Missouri, the open carry law, specifically constitutional carry restricts them from stopping teenagers they might see walking down the street with a gun and they they're wow. asking the legislature to enact something that would give them the necessary tool as they see it to stop and talk to them about it now we can debate whether that's the case or not lane roberts is the state rep who's been working on that he's from joplin He's also the one been working on putting a special prosecutor in place to take over the the cases that Kim Gardner won't prosecute. Uh, Aaron Dorr is with the Missouri Firearms Coalition. I had a chance to talk to both of these gentlemen this week. They don't see eye to eye on this issue. Uh, they're both uh, conservatives. Uh, Lane Roberts is a former police chief. Um but they both have a little different solution to this, and I wanted you to hear part of my interview with both of them. Uh, let's start off with Aaron Dore from the Missouri Firearms Coalition. We're performing at Arts High School. They are drawing attention to changes they like to see in Missouri gun laws. They're headed to Jefferson City later this morning, and Fox 2's Laura Simon live with a closer look at what is prompting this trip today. Aaron Dore joining us this morning uh, from the Missouri Firearms Coalition. Aaron, good to have you back on the air. How are you? Good morning, Mark. I'm doing well. Yeah, good Good to get you on here. You probably heard the beginning of that report. That's Fox 2 here in St. Louis this morning. A group of students from the Central Visual Performing Arts going to Jeff City. I guess they're going to testify today about uh, red flag laws they would support Um which would allow guns to be taken from this mentally ill person at this school. You know, I, I have a lot of sympathy, obviously, for what happened there. This kid's problems went back years. The school knew about it. Uh, the teachers knew about it. His family knew about it. Nothing was done. Uh, a change that affects law-abiding citizens doesn't impact that, in my opinion. What's your take on it? 
Yeah, I think we all know the real issue in St. Louis is not firearms. We've taken God out of our schools. We've got broken homes, broken families because fathers walk out on their kids. We have a decline education system, and we have prosecutors who will not prosecute crime. These are the issues that are leading to the crime problem in St. Louis. That's not going to be solved by gun control. Yeah, uh, but, but, but I'm, I mean, obviously, Republicans have a super majority in the legislature. My guess is that it, although this may be a hearing, there there have been discussions down there about um, changing the modifying the law. It was a part of the it's part of the bill. I think it got separated out, but it was part of the bill uh, to yeah, allow a prosecutor. Yeah, yep. to, to allow a prosecutor to be put in St. Louis to help Kim Gardner do her job. And the, and the the police here claim that if they see a teenager walking down the street, they don't feel like they have the legal authority to stop that teenager and question them about the gun they're carrying. Yeah, we heard some insane things in committee last, I guess it was two weeks ago now in Jeff City. We have Republicans uh, like Lane Roberts claiming that if a, if, a, if a juvenile shoots at somebody driving by in the car, they can't be arrested. That's absolutely preposterous. Uh, there's all kinds of of ways to hold people accountable for their actual behavior. However, we're not going to support legislation that would demonize an inanimate object. The issue here, again, is that we have prosecutors who will not prosecute. And simply passing one more gun control law is not going to fix that problem. Well, I mean, the the, the Riley, the, the kid that's suspected of running over this girl, is, is maybe um, a, a poster child for that. He, he should, I mean, he, had, he violated his own recognizance bond over a hundred times they're reporting locally now. Uh, and the, and the, the, the prosecutor did nothing about it, and the courts did nothing about it. Yeah, that's just an ongoing drama we have in St. Louis. Everyone knows the problem. It's Kim Gardner and the Democrats who have empowered her to sit there and do nothing while St. Louis burns to the ground. Again, that problem is not going to be solved by gun control. And any Republican here in Missouri, especially those who are debating running statewide in 2024, better get real with the fact that if you try to blame gun owners and inanimate objects for this problem, you will pay a price at election time. Yeah, Aaron Doerr, my guest, Missouri Firearms Coalition. I saw the update, the legislative update that you guys sent out, I think, yesterday regarding attempts to once again change the wording within these the Second Amendment Preservation Act. What's that all about? What's what's the bill there? Well, it's an ongoing push by Peter Meredith and others here in Jeff City to reverse or to repeal portions of SAPA legislation. Uh, there's a lot of Republicans who will quietly uh, say they re- they'd be open to doing something like that. And our message, again, is just very simple. You know, Eric Greitens proved he is the case study on what happens when Republicans try to attack gun rights at election time here in Missouri. They will pay that price. And so our, our note here is very simple, whether it's trying to blame firearms to the crime problem in St. Louis, efforts to pass red flag gun seizures, efforts to repeal SEPA, the GOP better not blink on these issues. Well, it's still it's still a, um, a wording issue. I know a couple of police chiefs here in the greater St. Louis area. And I had cocktails with them one night, and they were explaining to me that they're concerned that their department might be fined fifty thousand dollars if they if they answer a call from the feds and cooperate on something. It, it, kind of explain to my listeners 
why, first of all, what's the enforcement mechanism there? Who would do that, number one? And what would be the reason for doing that? This is to protect Missourians from an infringement by the federal government, right? Yeah, Missouri SAPA law passed in 2021 simply says that we want Missouri cops to enforce Missouri gun laws and not become an appendage of the DOJ and the Biden White House. So as long as St. Louis PD, all the rest of our departments enforce Missouri's gun laws, everything's fine. We live in Missouri because we like freedom. We don't want our cops to be hijacked by the Biden administration and forced to carry out executive orders attacking gun rights and gun owners. So what SAPA law says is that, and then it simply says that if a department, say St. Louis PD, decides to violate that law, that department, not the officers, but the department, could be sued in civil court for damages. But again, that only happens if that department willingly violates state law. Yeah, and to, and to best of our knowledge, there, there's been no challenge to that yet, right? I mean, nobody's been charged. No department's been charged. There have been some, there's been some various suits filed. Most of those, I believe, all of those have been dismissed because they were spurious. Okay. Because, again, the word has gotten out, you know, amongst the law enforcement agencies that we have to enforce state code. If we do that, we're fine. And that was the entire idea behind SAPA. Hey, SAPA uh, does not empower criminals. It does not allow felons to have, you know, firearms. It simply says we want state cops to do. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Something was playing in the background there. Go ahead. Sorry. Just we want our state cops to enforce our state laws. And you asked about cooperation. SAPA even allows for cooperation with state and local authorities and the feds. The feds can help state and local cops enforce Missouri law. And we can help them enforce federal law as long as there's an underlying law being broken here at the state level. So SAFE is a perfect concept. The only folks who don't like it are department heads who have lost some authority, which they crave very desperately. MissouriFirearmsCoalition.org is the webpage. Uh, Aaron Dore, I appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, guys. Take you care. bet. Thanks for the update. Uh, Aaron is one of the folks down there uh, leading the charge uh, on on SAPA and a lot of other issues protecting your Second Amendment rights. If you want to show them your support, MissouriFirearmsCoalition.org is their uh, website there. So as you can hear there, uh, Aaron Dorr takes some issue with Lane Roberts. He, he doesn't see the necessity to change these gun laws. Uh, Roberts is a former police chief. He says, uh, and you'll hear from him here, that he he does he he thinks you can have some changes and still be a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. This is Missouri State Representative Lane Roberts. This is nothing more than a political um, ploy of the unelected attorney general, who, by the way, um, follows a Trump rhetoric that has been based in Missouri for a very long time. <laughs> There's Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner yesterday talking to uh, now Internet host Roland Martin, and she's blaming everybody for this. She's blaming the governor. She's blaming the attorney general for her her incompetence uh, in running her office. Now she's blaming Donald Trump, if you heard that bite there correctly. It's it's all these these MAGA Trump supporters who are out to get her. That's got to be what it is. It can't be the fact that we just had somebody gunned down in the street two blocks from the radio station two days ago. Uh, the, the violence is out of control. Uh, people are tired of it. Uh, honored to have State Representative Lane Roberts back on the show, District 161 over in Joplin. And, uh, sir, welcome back. 
Thank you, Marsh. Good to be here. Well, you know, we it hadn't been that long ago since you and I talked about this, uh, the the bill that that you were sponsoring that would give us potentially some relief. That's before all of this attempt by the attorney general to remove Kim Gardner. Uh, where do things stand with that in terms of a, a special prosecutor? Well, I don't know that a great deal has changed in terms of how this bill may play out. Certainly, the decision on the attorney general's part is is one that I agree with. Uh, I wish that it had happened some time ago. Uh, nonetheless, I think the bill will play out pretty much like it uh, normally would. There's a bit more focus on it now. The attorney general is obviously a, a more high-profile position than mine. Uh, but I do think that he's sort of shed a light on the fact this is serious. Uh, if, if they've not been taking it seriously before, they should now. Um, unless somebody in the, attorney, in the uh, circuit attorney's office gets their act together and starts uh, prosecuting some people, we're going to give her some help that she may not want. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll remind people that for much of your career, you were a police chief. You were um, on the front line, so to speak, of, of trying to battle crime. And here we seem to think that the approach is the fewer people we keep in jail, uh, the better, the safer we're going to be. And it's been a failure in Chicago. I think Lori Lightfoot just got voted out because of it. It's a failure in St. Louis as well. I, you know, I, I tend to agree, but but the the politics of the matter aside, uh, you know, the, what has has happened here is that we've lost the focus of the intent of the bill. I I have learned through this process that the people of St. Louis, uh, particularly those of the African American uh, population, truly believe and view this as an attack on black leadership. And that's unfortunate because it's not. Uh, as I told you before, I, I really don't care about the circuit attorney's uh, gender or race or any other factor in, in her life. What I do care about is that far too many people are dying and, and being victims of assault. So I've had a number of people uh, who are on the other side of this discussion uh, who say, you know, how, how can you possibly... Uh, claim that you you support the Constitution and here you are trying to overturn the vote of voters. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I would submit to you that is that is patently untrue. Uh, I understand that there are folks who may not believe that, and I and I, I know that folks do believe, regardless of the truth, that we're attacking black leadership. But here's the fact of the matter: uh, regardless of the vote, I get it that the voters don't want us messing with it. But you ask. You ask the families left behind when their loved ones have been killed. Ask the people who've been assaulted. Ask the people who live in fear in their homes. Ask them how they would vote today. And I'll bet you you'll get a way different answer. Uh, my, my career, I spent 43 years as a police officer and a couple of years as the director of public safety. I am and intend to remain victim-oriented. The simple truth is there are far too many victims in in St. Louis, and the circuit attorney's office is not prosecuting the people responsible for victimizing that. And that is just not okay with me. And it doesn't matter where I live. Uh, those are Missourians, and, and by golly, I intend to speak out for them, but the circuit attorney is not going to. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, State Representative Lane Roberts, our guest this morning. So to remind people, the legislation sets a threshold and currently, it would only apply to St. Louis, but that doesn't mean that, for example, Jackson County over in Kansas City wouldn't qualify at some point, too, right? 
That that is possible. Uh, we had when we initially crafted that language. I think I, I've told you before. It grew out of a, a summer working group where I, I was asked uh, to take uh, was termed a deep dive in the crime in Missouri to make sure I included both rural and urban areas, uh, and to do my very best to make it bipartisan. So that working group was three Democrats and three Republicans. And we deliberately had to listen to one another's positions because we didn't view the world from exactly the same political standpoint. Right. Uh, and in this discussion about a special prosecutor, in fact, I was asked uh, at the Senate hearing the other day, who told me uh, to do this? And the answer to that is nobody, nobody told me to do this. Uh, this grew out of that, that working group and our discussions with people around the state. And, and it's, I think it's noteworthy that I filed this bill clear back in the first week of December. Right. And in all of that time, there has not been one single alternative offered. Nobody who, who criticizes this has any other solution to offer. What the, what the folks who oppose it are saying is, you know, get out of St. Louis's business as though somehow, uh, because St. Louis has always been violent, uh, we should accept the fact that 200 more people are going to die this year. And I just reject, I reject that. Wow. So I know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but originally part of this legislation included some language about allowing uh, police to stop juveniles who might have guns because there was some concern uh, expressed on the part of police and other local leaders that they didn't have teeth when it came to that because of the uh, open carry laws and in, in uh, concealed carry laws in Missouri. Um, that's been removed, correct? It, it has been removed, but I, it, it's not a dead issue. I, I, there are people in both sides of the aisle who are still working to find some language that would allow us to give the St. Louis Police Department the ability to deal with children with guns uh, without uh, uh, transgressing uh, on the Second Amendment. It's we, we protect the Second Amendment very, uh, uh, very zealously in, in Missouri, and I'm and I'm one of those advocates. It's unfortunate that there there are a group who would like to take any time you you say gun and, and you don't want the whole world to carry one. Well, you must be a rhino and uh, you must not support the Second Amendment. That's just not true. Uh, I was a police officer a long time, and I understand that when you put the guns in the hands of the wrong people, bad things can happen. And I'm not suggesting anybody who who is of age uh, shouldn't have a gun. But do you think about what does a 10-year-old do with a Glock in his waistband? Nothing good can come from that discussion. And when you do that in an urban setting, on public property, in congested areas, the potential there is is obvious. And as I understand it today, there's been a number of groups who've surveyed uh, people on both sides of the aisle, and most folks were shocked to find out that, in fact, in Missouri, a 10 or 12 or 14-year-old can, in fact, walk around with a gun or waistband, and uh, under our laws, uh, the police are, are without uh, some remedy. Uh, <laughs> I'm asking a number of people, if you saw a 12-year-old in, in Walmart with a with a uh, nine millimeters stuck in our waistband. What would you do? And most of them would say, "Well, we'll call the police." Well, right. What are they going to do? 
Right. Well, hopefully uh, drag them back in front of their parents. But again, that's a whole different discussion, I would imagine. Representative Lane Roberts, uh, District 161, appreciate you giving me some time and an update on that this morning. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Wow, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, both are making really good points in their own right. But when I look at what's happened on the streets of uh, St. Louis, uh, just the video of uh, the guy on the street, I, I saw the video a couple of times this week, and it's just horrifying. Um you would think that that St. Louis City would have special laws in place because St. Louis City is so different from the county and the rest of the state. So I don't know where this is going to end up, Mark, but, you know, it, it, here's the thing. At least they're talking. At least they're talking about it. That When they quit talking, that's when we're in trouble. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I tend to find myself siding with Aaron a little bit because it's a slippery slope. And if they're going it to is. once again restrict law-abiding citizens' rights, we got We have to make sure that those are preserved. And and I, I hope that there's a healthy debate about this in Jeff City if they end up doing that. All right, good well, stuff, oh, Bo. Thank you. Yeah, open carry to me is is so dangerous. I mean, I know you can legally do it in the state of Missouri, um, but it's just not. It's not safe to do that if you're just a, a regular citizen walking through Home Depot with a, a, a pistol on your hip. Uh, or if you're going to a blues game or something, you know, you're, you're showing everybody, Hey, this is what I've got concealed carry. You've, you've got to keep it's, it's called concealed carry for a reason. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on until something goes down. Uh, and it, it always bugs me. And I think I've shared this with you before I'll see on Facebook, Hey, this is my new concealed carry weapon. They'll show a picture. I'm thinking you idiot. You have no <laughs> idea what the word conceal means. You just don't. Yeah, it, it's it's a great anyway. point. It's a great point. Uh, no no shortage of things to talk about for sure. That's going to do it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. We're going to be having lots of fun at the Big Dog Poker Bash this weekend. Absolutely. Want to see you out there again. It is a new location, the Eureka Community Center. Uh, hopefully you already got your seat because we are loaded. But uh, we'll hope to see you on Sunday. We're going to put a bounty on Mark's head. So uh, if you want to play and if you're playing, you go after him. You might win a nice prize. Gee, out of thanks. The deal. <laughs> I'll see you Sunday. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share the show. Share the podcast. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Have a great rest of your weekend. <laughs> see you, boys. Guns and money. <clears throat> Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.